with Samantha Behrman, comedian and entrepreneur from Santa Barbara, California. Am I right? Am I right? Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And you got it right. Nailed it. Excellent. So we're going to put all your links into the chat box as we go through this amazing interview. We've had a chance to connect uh, before and I am so glad that you joined us today. How's the weather down there? Actually, today it's not that great. It's cloudy and chilly, but I guess a California chilly is probably nothing for you. Um, it's, I think, like 61. It's a little cold. <laughs> What is that still t-shirt weather? Oh, uh, yeah, you could wear a t-shirt. Well, it's about, it's about, um, it's about to snow where I am. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's much nicer there. So I have been looking at your website and seeing what you've been up to and reading your amazing, um, all these different things you've, uh, articles and stuff like that and found so much um, parallels to my story with yours. Mm -hmm. But also, I, I just want to just jump right in because on your website, uh, which we're just popping in the uh, old comments box right now, it says that you are an empowerment coach and a writing expert. Tell me a bit more about both of those things. Okay. Um, so the, the empowerment coach I've just found through, through comedy coaching, through my writing program and and public speaking that people will come up after me and tell me that they feel so much more empowered, that they feel so much more confident, that they want to work with me specifically because they, they said they feel my energy walk into a room before I'm there. Now, as a comedian, I'm also very loud. So I'm like, did you hear me first? Did, are you sure you felt the energy? But I feel that like, I, I don't ever try to enter a place and, and, and suck up the energy, but I have heard that my whole life that there people are like, I can feel when you enter the room and they're like, and then I hear you very quickly behind that. Um, so in terms of that empowerment aspect, I really work with people and get to what is your passion? How can you lead a passion forward life? What is the thing that motivates you. And the other thing about that, I found out it's like, it doesn't have to be just one thing. As you've seen on my website, I, I go off in a lot of directions. Thank you, adult ADD, okay? Using my superpower for good. Like, what are the things that light you up and how do we get more of that in into your system? Um, another thing that I work with people in terms of calling myself an empowerment coach is a lot of times individuals who are working on their confidence struggle on identifying that best version of themselves. It's like, I can't, I'm not ready to be that person yet. I'm not ready to be... So I say, okay, well, what does that person look like? And fun fact, it's a non-gender specific. Like I have walked through life, my life changed when I started having the confidence of a middle-aged white man named Kevin, okay? Now, do I think middle-aged white man named Kevin have it all together? No, thank you. I love being a woman. Hello, thank you, Latinx life. However, middle-aged middle white man named Kevin, he is unstoppable. He believes he can do anything. He has more confidence than he really should. Like that... And those are the kind of things that I was like, those, that's what I want. That's how I want to fill a space. And so I tell people that as an example, yes, I'm a comedian. So to me, I don't spend a lot of time agonizing over why I chose a middle-aged white man named Kevin. That's who it is. And that's fine with me. So I say, who is that person? Show up as them. It's not not showing up as yourself because actually you are still that person walking in. But it's a little fun and to play with it. And I've seen so much 
good come from that, from the people I work with. They've asked for raises at work. That's something I work a lot of with women who, you know, don't want to leave and, and be an entrepreneur, which is completely fine. It's a lot of work. Um, I am totally fine with people keeping their nine to five, which is really eight to five. I hate the nine to five. Anyway, like ask for a raise, know your worth, ask for it. And once you know that, never settle for anything less than that. I tell people, what would your vacation day look like? Write that down. How many of those things can you integrate into your normal non-vacation day? So when it comes to empowerment, I see it as like a full mind, body, lifestyle approach. So that's my empowerment coaching and now the writing expert. Before you move on to the writing expert, which I definitely want to know more about. Um, (laughs) So you basically help people to find the passion that they can serve the world with yes absolutely and hopefully get some money as well hopefully make that there from um, from my perspective yes i i i do struggle with encouraging people to monetize everything because i think that's a lot that's like global maybe it's more of an american mindset like let's monetize everything so i mm. i show them how they can but my pure focus in terms of empowerment is putting more passion in your life. Like my mantra is a passion forward life. What have you done today that was your passion? I love that. And and so in a sense, the, um, you're right. And I, I want to talk about that a tiny bit quickly yeah. is you're absolutely right about that monetizing thing and it's such a it's such a tightrope isn't it because on the one hand um it's very hard to ask for money and lots of people work for other people so they make the money and they have a workforce that kind of just gets by i mean that's kind of like the model isn't it and the capitalist kind of um system and the and the money system is incredibly broken like there's not like let's worry about that for 10 seconds and move back to the love but um you're you're right I mean I I really hear you and thank you for saying that that this this passion this increase of our energy because that's what passion is isn't it it's a higher Mm -hmm. vibration it's a kind of it it has a knock-on effect to our relationships with other people to the way exactly that we kind of move about the world, the choices that we make in our, in our careers, for example. Um, anyway, I am waffling. I want to hear about being a writing coach. A writing expert. Okay. Writing I, expert, that's right. I'm, I'm not gonna, I, so I'm not gonna lie. Part of the reason I did put writing expert was I do have an extensive history in terms of writing. I've written for different um, online magazines. I've uh, wrote several theses and grants uh, that were funded. <laughs> That's always the good thing. Uh, while I, I lived abroad in Israel and I was working for a nonprofit um, as a comedian, I have 10 years of writing experience there. But one of the reasons I did put on expert, and I will say you are the first person to actually bring up like, what exactly, like, did I get a certificate in the mail? So Dan Savage is a lo- dating and advice columnist, you know, and he's a relationship ship expert I think to his credit I don't think he's ever self-referred to him that way but he's like other people call me that so to that end I took that Dan Savage model other people have called me a writing expert since there is no Groupon to be certified I thought why fight it yes 
I am a writing expert. And that also comes back to the empowerment thing. I've found a lot of women struggle with saying what they are an expert in and downplay it mm. and or downplay natural talent, which mm -hmm. everyone has in something. Now, again, if we go back to monetizing, is it monetizable? I don't know, but who cares? There's talent and then, you know, there's craftship, which I think goes into comedy and writing as well. You can build your craft. But some people are infused with a natural born talent. Um, so no, to call it. myself an expert, it. that is just me owning the things that I know I'm good at and the things that I've worked on to hone my craft. Yeah, so uh, and writing expert is that you've done that many hours that you are an expert. They say like, if you've done 10,000 hours, you are an expert in something. So you know yeah. what? Um, you ought to start printing out those certificates. I'm and you know- Putting it on Groupon. That's right, writing expert, taught by writing expert. I love it. Okay, <laughs> let's shift gears and talk about the comedy scene. And I just wanna set this up with saying, you are somebody who braves the comedy scene. Now I, I'm not somebody who, who, who could stomach it. First of all, I don't think I even like stand-up comedy. Isn't that crazy? Like I do it, I write it and I perform it. Um, but I, I've, I've shifted it in such a way that now I've created my own house party for it. And so if I, if I wanna set the stage for a night, there's, there's been too many times when I've walked into a room and uh, you know, in a, in a, on the stand-up scene, either an amateur night or, you know, a bigger club or whatever. And the, just the feelings are just so negative. There's toxicity, there's mental health issues, there's drug and alcohol problems. There's like no respect from the audience, you know, some of the audience. And, and there's this expectation that just make me laugh or fuck off. That's kind of what I'm hearing when I walk in there. Mm -hmm. um, tell me a bit about how you and why you do do that. <laughs> I, I, I want to first of all validate everything you said. I have, ex I have experienced all of that. That being said, I love making people laugh. It feels like a superpower. It's, it's incredible to walk into a room with a hundred people and, and maybe it's a little bit of power. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. So maybe it's like control, I will make you laugh. Like it's very powerful. That energy is huge. When you say something and you know what's going to happen next, it's, it's very, it's, it's invigorating. To me, it is, um, it is one of the most energizing things I've ever done. Um, I, uh, I'm a chronic pain sufferer and there were a few days um, like that aligned up with a show where I was basically out of commission all day. And um, I've never not shown up to a show, but there was one day where I was really struggling. I was the only woman on the lineup, which is a big deal. If you don't go, then that's like, oh my gosh, one show for being sick. So I was, I was talking to my partner and I said, you know, I don't know what to do. I really want to do the show, but I'm, I'm, in, I'm in so much pain today. And they said, you should do, um, an eight mile and I was like I have no idea what that reference is but apparently it's basically where you show up and just say like yeah I'm in pain I'm on painkillers let's see what I give you and it was one of my most fun shows and during that 15 minutes I was pain-free a hundred percent and so I love doing it and I'm good at it and I love it and it makes me happy 
Um, but yeah, it's toxic as fuck. And most of the shows that I saw were all white men or maybe one uh, woman or one person of color. And I want to be clear, white men can be funny. I've seen it happen. But that is one point of view. I don't care if you gather me five different white men, all Kevin from different stages of life. They've had the same they've had the same privilege to an extent and their point of view, despite if their stories are funny and all of that and not to discredit their talent. I have white men on my stage, but like, it's difficult to get the whole audience to say like, I relate with that. If you come to one of my shows, cause like you have created my own space. I was like, you know what? I want to see a show that is vibrant and full of life and has different ages and sizes and races and, and uh, sexual identity, none of which I grill people on. I don't like check my boxes, but I get to know my performers and I love it. I just get light up thinking about my shows. Like my first show, I had a surprise drag queen act and I was so excited. Um, it's a, a local drag queen, Vivian Storm. I talked with her expressively that I wanted to leave her off of the flyer the specific reason was I wanted her to be a surprise. And I said, I want you to be comfortable with that. If you're not, I could put you on the flyer. It's not a problem. Um, so if anyone's ever left off, they've been spoken to. It's been a conversation. They're on board with it. Um, she came on, the whole room was dancing and singing. She pulled my mother on stage and I was like, great. I don't know why I'm here. Like, Those are my shows. That's, I, cause I, I agree with you. I wanted an energy change. Um, and I wanted people to see themselves and I wanted them also to relate with people who weren't like them. Mm. Um, and actually most of my shows are also female heavy, uh, which is conscious and I'm okay with that because a lot of producers are booking shows that are male heavy and you can't tell me that's not a conscious choice. Like really, you, you could only find five white dudes who could tell a joke. Okay. Okay. We're in LA. <laughs> um so that's oh, I love it I love it I think um I'm so I'm I'm really I'm really pleased and proud of you that you're out there creating space for performers and you know a, a performers with different points of view and different stories and I think that's where we where we're kind of in alignment really because I'm doing the same thing I'm getting underneath people who don't usually get their stories heard because mm -hmm. it's a big, it's a big deal, right? So yeah. the community aspect for me is huge because I learned myself um, that I'm a person in long-term recovery. And sometimes I get asked to headline for a, like a, an NA fundraiser or something and oh, it's wow. yuck yucks or whatever. So I'll go and I'll do it. And the whole audience are people who have, who have been to hell and back through addiction, right? Mm -hmm. so, already before I even got to the stage I know they love me even if I fall flat on my face and that makes my performance a thousand times better simply because I feel held by the audience and that yeah. experience is something that I'm recreating for my students and the people that come through hilarity because I really I really need people to know before they expect just laughter that this also might make you think and it might make your heart break a little to hear mm -hmm. that somebody's gone through that and then you can bounce bounce them back up with a joke whatever so i'm really like i'm really into like um changing 
the face of what stand-up comedy is because you know what it is it's it's created in one space and mm-hmm. it's sort of around built around an alcoholic environment it's yes. built around white men doing their things in England it started in the working men's clubs so it was very kind of like it was like racist and sexist and all of that stuff so it's one platform but I personally I'm so sensitive I am you clearly are strong and powerful and controlling but I am like <laughs> sensitive and, and small and wilting so I <laughs> that's not true but that's um, not true. I just couldn't do it like I just couldn't right it just made me feel so unwell even if I made people laugh because mm-hmm. I still I second guessed should I be mm-hmm. telling these people about my mental illness my when you know am I doing it just to make people laugh or is there a bigger purpose here? And so anyway, that's my own, that's my own um, stuff. What, where's this leading Lizzie? Let's think. Where is this leading? I'm, I'm, you mentioned that you suffer with chronic pain. Yeah. um, And that, that the kind of the, the comedy and the being in that creative space. And it sounded like, it sounded to me like there was this opportunity for you to kind of, you gave yourself an opportunity to show up as you were that day. And, 100%. and, what, and what happened for you was authentic. And somehow, I think I know how it feels when you can, you can kind of move energy around with your words. And mm-hmm. I've, those moments on stage for me are just amazing. Again, where's this going, Lizzie? I, <laughs> we, we are at nearly at the end of the, uh, the time, but I want you to just share a little bit about, you talk a lot about the attitude of gratitude. I guess that you are somebody who believes in the law of attraction. Yes, and yeah, I believe in putting it out in the universe and it'll come back to you, whatever that is. So do you have a message for our audience and uh, you know how they might come and work with you or or spend some time with you or come and see you? Yes, absolutely. Well, I want to be really clear that comedy and, and comedy writing isn't just for somebody who wants to perform. I mean, if you have a shop and are working on writing product descriptions, and also if you're if you're working through through sadness and, and pain, there I when my grandmother died, it was the hardest death I've ever experienced. And that was about two years ago. And I still um I still struggle with it when I when it comes back to my mind that there was some bizarre thing that happened at her funeral that involved I'm gonna give you the buzz points not the whole story it involved a Walmart plastic bin literally burying her and a box now do I think about my grandmother's funeral with levity no but there is this one very humanistic moment that had nothing to do with her death that was so much involved in the moment we placed her in the ground and comedy helped me find that and it helps me to reframe things and to make things palatable and so if you're interested in stand-up comedy I'd love to work with you if you're not interested in stand-up comedy I'd love to work with you comedy writing and comedy coaching is a way to look at things and understand them and you never have to share what you what you've worked through with an audience I say you can and you should and charge people to come and hear it. But it really 
it's cathartic and it's fun and you can be dark and you can be gory and you can be gross or you can be to the point. I mean, it lets you really get to like this like creative person. So there. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, comedy and oh, what is it? Um, absurdities, life is completely absurd. Yes. Um, and to and to notice those points of absurdity within a kind of a bigger picture of sadness or grief or or struggle or uh, you know insurmountable you know obstacles it's finding those moments of absurdities and then being able to reframe and experience life with with that joy and with that laughter and with that connection that comes through humor Mm -hmm. And that humanity, I mean, I guess humor, humor, humanity. I hear it. I see it. It's there. (laughs) Just so one more question. Um, If I come to Santa Barbara, will you be my personal guide? 100%. I am an, I'm an expert (laughs) giving tours of Santa Barbara. And uh, you come, I will give you a VIP ticket to my show. And I uh, can go to the green room. Yeah. Front Front row or second row, because you know front row is a splash zone. So if you don't want attention, we'll put you in the second row. Absolutely. Oh no, I'll have attention. I can do attention. Okay, then front. For then I know exactly. I already have in my brain exactly where you'll be. Come to Santa Barbara, and uh, I'll show you all the local spots I'll when we're allowed to travel. Ro- <laughs> put that yeah, on. once the Rona's over, um, I'm definitely coming. I'm definitely doing a little bit of traveling. I absolutely love traveling. Samantha Behrman, thank you so much for being on the uh, lockdown with Lizzie today. We really appreciate you and I appreciate all the work you're doing out in the world with comedy and therapy and coaching and creativity and of course, writing expertly. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me and you're changing the world too. So thank you. Thank you and goodbye.